0: This is Scott Richmond and Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News
1: Talk KGVO AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Arnie, good morning to you. Good morning, Scott. How are you? How are you? I'm doing great, Arnie. And you know, today we are going to kick off a two-part show with Mayor John Engen. Well,
2: we need a two-part show because there's a lot going on in Missoula.
1: Yes, I know. You
2: know, in the in the Garden City, the River City. The uh, city of valleys. <laughs> there's just so much going on. As I was driving over, there's there's construction cranes everywhere. There are you know holes in the ground all across the place. We have new markets opening. We have a new dinner theater that's you know sits with screens that sit nine hundred people. Right, you we like have, that, right? Yeah, you know the old sawmill project is is going like gangbusters. We you know we're, we're they're almost out of product over there in terms of condos and. Wow. Now in August, the uh, the new mixed use building is going to open. The uh, student housing project Rome is getting ready to go. Yeah, we're going to be breaking ground at some time in the near future on the uh, you know on the west on the east side of town uh, on the uh, on the Fox Theater. Pro- I mean, there's just so much and the Merck, the Merck coming the in, Merc. the Merck, you know, several hundred rooms downtown, three or four new restaurants. Yep, I mean, the town is booming along. At the same time. You know we're dealing with lots of other issues, and you know that every other city has to deal with, like, you know, um, drug problem. That's you know cutting across every economic group and every city in the country. We have we have problems, you know, making sure our schools are safe. Sure. You know we have the problems of the impact of tax cuts and whether they produce any revenue, or or how we're going to build an infrastructure to support all these going on. Historically, it's always been a city state federal partnership among all three right but uh, you know it hasn't been that way for a while and and our infrastructures you know crumbling right I mean, not just in missoula i mean across the country you drive through the midwest or i was just recently down in the south driving through the south it almost in places looks like a third world country is that right compared to if you go to europe for example sure you drive around europe whether you're in germany or italy or france the highways are great. They have high-speed trains connecting. You know, you can go from Paris to uh, you know Amsterdam in four hours. You know, you can go to country to country easily, and you drive around. And the roads have potholes,
1: and the bridges are old. And is that you know, right? Oh, yeah. So infrastructure needs to be replaced in markets oh, well, in certain all, markets. all across the country. Across the country. we have a okay. lot of
2: crumbling infrastructure. Okay, okay. And we have our share of it here. Bridges have to be be repaired here. We have roads that need to be repaired we still have potholes left over from the winter we have all those sorts of things and and a portfolio for a mayor is so broadly expansive it's it's in some ways a tougher job than being a governor or a senator well or president
1: i think that's right and what was what's nice about speaking to our mayor and that we'll give him a, we have a little more real estate to play with this time around is we can talk about a variety of issues, but also, you know, the hot button issues, while important, there are a lot of other issues that he deals with that are not so sexy that uh, we can bring up with him. And I think that's good, right? I think we give him a little more opportunity to do that. So that's a good thing. Yeah, well, I think
2: we're more interested in the future than in the past. Right. Let's look forward. And what is the economic vitality index for a city like Missoula? standing on its own, and not in comparison to, to anybody else. I mean, I, I get awful tired of going online, and if you go to your favorite you know, search engine or you're looking at your favorite social media, there's always a survey. The 50 best, the 25 best, the 10 worst, the, about cities and towns, and it's all completely subjective. I mean, there's, there's no right. way to really evaluate that. And I think we have to look at our own community you know on its own on its own merit and on its, its own, own attributes, merit and, and talk about what's uh you know what needs to be done and what's going to be happening you know most people you know when you hear people talk about or complain, they talk about the way it was in the past, you know the good old days that may or may not ever have been right um I remember when I first moved to to uh and came, first came to missoula in 1995 and then moved here um shortly thereafter uh you know one of the best restaurants in town was Kentucky Fried Chicken i mean <laughs> we had very limited things you know so you know the depot was here and and uh, you you can't imagine what the uh, what finn and porter's the predecessor of finn and porter's was a dark room with an organ in the corner Are you i kidding? mean there was not many places to go at, at in that point at that point in time and now you come and you, you know you have everything pretty much that you can get everywhere Squared else away. plus we right. also have our own local entrepreneurs like you know uh, Five on
1: Black and, and other restaurants that, are, that have a unique Missoula character to them. And taste. Well, Arnie, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to venture outside of the studios of What Do You Know to meet up with Mayor John Engen. Go so right down to his office. Get the guy right where he works. Exactly. On the corner of Ryman and Spruce. Back after this with Mayor John Engen. Okay. We are here in Mayor John Angan's office right now. We are fortunate enough to be with Mayor Angan. Hi, Mayor Angan. Good afternoon. Thanks good to, for coming. It's to good visit. to see you. Thanks for coming to City Hall. And and it's pretty exciting. I've never been to City Hall actually. I'm actually uh, didn't get well. There's a here. jail downstairs.
2: You haven't been there before. <laughs> I not today. And we the have, police department
1: downstairs. Wait a minute, but there's a, another visitor in the office here. We right. have Just- Libby. Libby's here. Who's Libby? Libby is a
3: rescued miniature poodle from the Humane Society of Western Montana, and uh, she is my constant companion.
1: Very nice. She's adorable. Looks like yeah. she just
3: was. She was She's, groomed too. She gets groomed occasionally. We
1: like to keep the hairstyle similar. <laughs> That's true. No and and there is some similarity, but I, we won't get into that. But what's nice, one quick thing where for those of our listeners that haven't been to City Hall, we're right here on the corner of Ryman and uh, what is this? Uh, Spruce. 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 Okay, it's beautiful. It has a beautiful view of the L and the M and. Uh, NOP. and OP. Okay. You're right, but, but, but <laughs> it's a
2: beautiful office.
1: It's it nice to be here. Place. Thanks for having us lovely comfortable office.
2: So John, Thank the first you. thing is, you know, driving over, we drove over from the studio over Reserve Street. There's a lot of stuff going
3: on. There's now. a lot of stuff going on. How in the do you Zulu? stay
2: on top of all of this? I mean, you got Lucky's Market that's new yeah. and that's attracting a lot of people. There's cranes all over town. This looks like, you know, New York in its heyday. What's going on here?
3: Well, if if uh, if we had been having this conversation in in 2008 or 9, um and someone had told me that in 2018 there'd be three cranes or four cranes in the air in Missoula, mm-hmm. Montana. I'd have thought, well, that that would be wonderful. Um, what, are they, what are they demolishing? <laughs> right, but 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 as it, I mean, as it turns out, um, a, a bunch of folks in this community, both in the public and private sector, have invested in planning. Um, and and we've made investments in infrastructure Mm -hmm. uh and we've created partnerships with the private sector and a lot of stuff is happening and people
2: and and new companies are coming here
3: new companies are coming we just had a we just had a really interesting uh community conversation last week um under the auspices of Innovate UM, mm-hmm. we had upwards of 250 people over the course of two days talking about uh, the opportunities in Missoula for innovation, and that innovation ranges from from tech companies to human services to housing to transportation. Uh, and the enthusiasm and energy in that room was uh, palpable. Um, we talked to Business folks who have landed here from the Silicon Valley for all sorts of reasons. Israel, um, Israel again for it's all. It's a little sorts bit off of the reasons.
2: map for Israel to find their way here.
3: It is, but you know, it turns out if um, if if you can if you can do business anywhere in the world, and you can do it in a place that's pleasant, mm-hmm. uh, if you can do it in a place that um, has has planned and. Uh, and made investment in the nuts and bolts of the community um, and you have a solid workforce it turns out that's
1: a recipe for success well ask a quick question about uh, so the Missoula economic Partnership the MEP since the last time we spoke it's changed a bit and we've had Jeff on a few times yep. Jeff fee on a few times talk with us what's the plan for MEP so we think we're at uh, so I sit on the board was one of the founders.
3: We think that we're um, in a position to uh, reorganize a little bit. We've got a, um, we just commissioned a a dust off Mm -hmm. of a study that helped us launch the partnership in 2010. Uh, What we've seen is many of the things called for in that plan have come to pass. So we're really looking at, um, at, MEP 2.0 or whatever it is the young technological people might say. Um, And so we're taking a breath in terms of uh, what we're looking for in a new executive. We're taking a breath in terms of what other partnerships might we be able to form that uh, take advantage of economies of scale um, Mm -hmm. and some efficiencies that make us more effective. What we don't want and and what 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 the partnership was originally about was was taking a a, a, a fragmented um, economic development environment and uh, defragging it for lack of a better turn of phrase making sure that right. we were more intentional and more effective that we had a single point of entry for folks who were interested in um, Doing business in Missoula—not only folks who might want to come from elsewhere to do business, but also how do we help homegrown folks? Um, a lot of that has happened. We see, you know, my my conversation with our consultant was—he um, he's very bullish on Missoula uh, based on what he saw, right. Uh, and I think he's gonna point us in some directions in terms of opportunity. I think he'll give us some ideas around
1: organization. Um, and uh, So 2.0 exciting. is very different than 1.0. It's going to, not very different, but it's going to be, it's not necessarily gonna look like what it did Well, here's, the, here's the thing.
2: You, you, it's like pushing this ball up a hill to some extent, or it's, you know, you're getting momentum. Now we're on, we have the momentum, we're over the cliff. And when you have companies like Cla you know, uh, ClassPass and Forecast coming here from Israel, yeah. and you have some local companies like Submittable and right. uh, Luminad all growing, yep. that growth stimulates other things happening. It just becomes a catalyst, it becomes like a magnet for other things because people come here and take a look and they say, Well, these guys are growing and these guys are growing and this company's growing and these people are moving here.
1: There's they gotta are, be something going on. But we're also in competition Arnie Sherman's uh, spokesmodel for yeah, exactly. our state look, by <laughs> the way. By the way, he has the look. Um we uh what's your we but we are also in competition with Bozeman. We're sure. in Competition with other markets in lot, Montana, but
2: truthfully, we have a lot more to offer than Bozeman in terms of. Well, we have greater size. I would like to hear what the mayor says. Well, I'm, well, I will. Let, I will let the mayor. I will let the mayor speak. I told to you it'd be a conversation.
3: I recognize I'm largely superfluous to <laughs> this conversation. No, no,
2: no you know we have, we'll we'll leave and continue We're, this conversation. No, I think I think you're always in competition in the economic development with a lot of other people. Right. But let me just add one thing before I let the mayor uh, talk about this in, in in a more in a serious way. I'm at that age in life, you know, where I'm looking at what, you know, where should I go to retire? Early you know, most 50s, people, yeah. Yeah, you're looking to retire, <laughs> you know, looking to retire. You know, I wanted the Kentucky Derby last year. I have a little, you know, nest egg. I started looking at, you know, the, the typical places where, you, you know, when you're looking for amenities, where you're looking for a good quality of life, where you're looking at comfort and ease. You start looking at places, you know, that, that are mentioned, you know, people here go to Scottsdale, people go to Las Vegas, Washington, Oregon coast. Some people their retirement places in Savannah. I've gone and looked at all these places. I keep coming back and saying, "It's better. It's better in Missoula, except for you know, if, except for ice, you know, you know, and black ice, and you know, a little bit of cold in the winter gets in your bones when you get older." We have everything that all those other places have. You know, I keep coming back. Why would I leave here? There's Largely
1: Montana.
2: And my, and it's showing up in a lot of the polls. You know, the 20 best small towns to live in. Missoula pops out. But I do want to get back to your question. We do have competition from other places. So so how do we deal with that?
3: So we are more in competition with ourselves than we are with anyone else, I think. What, and what do you mean by that? Yeah. I mean that, that we are not and will never be Bozeman for all sorts of reasons. Organic. Uh, and otherwise so what what can we do to position ourselves to be an attractive community for the long haul and and provided that we're for, provided that we're remembering who we are that we understand community values that we focus on those we plan around them we're we're going to do just fine the old school model of economic development is I will come to my city. I will give you tax abatements. I basically you you become you become you know the discount city of economic development and what you get is uh, folks shopping you all day long right so you get you know and and bless their hearts they they've overcome this in Butte, but for a long time Butte was about um, we, we will give you a tax deal, they land a. They land a company, that company stays for three years until the tax deal is gone, and then they find the better tax deal in another state. And that's state. the kind of
2: tenant you get. That's the kind of tenant you get. Exactly. So very tra- very tra-
3: uh, transitory. Transitory. Right. right. And so, so what we're attracting are folks who want to be here largely, I mean, it, it's not as squishy as you might think. Quality of life actually matters sure. to people. and. And as these as these more sophisticated companies, homegrown like Submittable, or uh, from elsewhere like ClassPass, look to recruit right. talent. It, it it ain't just about money anymore. It's about where these folks can can build a life, and and these companies want to be part of the community. I mean, the conversation I had with Fritz Landman from from ClassPass is. Um, uh, so we've discovered you now I don't want anyone else to. Right. I mean he's being facetious of course but he he is interested in those community values and preserving that quality of life and that's that's kind of our and selling And he has one point. competition sure. for his, work for, to well, his well, workforce. Me, and
2: there's an underbelly to that that, right. I want, that I want to talk about which which you hear I just heard it today from somebody they're excited that ClassPass is coming Here? Well, yeah, they go and look online and the sales and marketing jobs are some of them that were advertised are capped at $30,000 a year um Two things that were said to me that I'd like you to respond to. One is, are these companies coming here because they think they can cut their labor costs substantially compared to other big cities? And then, secondly, how can we afford to live in Missoula, even if two of us are making thirty thousand dollars a year at class pass? You know, the housing costs here are going up so that you know the typical, the average house and some people aspire to have more than the average home. Right. It's almost you know two hundred seventy five thousand right. dollars. You got to put fifty five grand down. Normally, you got to carry a mortgage that's going to run you almost as much as one old salary. You know, sometimes it, you talk about it's affordable housing. There are a number of people out there, including me, that believe it's a question of trying to get companies to pay more to their employees.
3: Right, and and I. Th- and I think if you look beyond the sales and marketing jobs at ClassPass, what you'll see are opportunities in engineering, opportunities in management. QA. Uh, and, and I think what, what you'll see these companies doing is providing, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, I don't speak for any of these companies, but at the end of the day, um, the more of these companies that are here, the more competition there will be for talent, and wages will follow. Yeah, and, and-, and with any company, there's always going to be somebody who's not making as much and somebody who's making more. And the opportunity for mobility within those companies, and also if you create this, this um, ecosystem of companies, the, the ability for folks to move within that ecosystem better themselves i mean that's you know when, that's an when, thing. when people took flight to you know i grew up here uh my high school classmates went to some of them went to ivy's and some of them went to to prison well that was my cohort yeah. <laughs> but but you know those folks those folks fled for metros where there were opportunities we are seeing missoula become a place of opportunity there's critical mass around your ability to market yourself so if you uh, if you, for example, as I did today, I had a conversation with a with a, uh, 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 folks who fix lawnmowers. Spring, right? Um, and almost any time I have a chance to talk with somebody in business, I say, tell me about labor. It's tough. It's really tough. Right. It's hard to find somebody and it's hard to pay them enough. And those are the kind of pressures. Those wage pressures are ultimately what's going to get us to a place where we have competitive wages. We're not going to be at the bottom of the rung in terms of the state wage rate. Um, you know, someone once told me, and I think I've told you guys this before: any house is affordable if you can pay for it. Right. And so, um, mm-hmm. so, so a piece of the puzzle is increasing wages, and other, right. and and the flip side of that is we need to work on. Housing inventory in Missoula, and we're working on that as well. It it's, none of it happens overnight, but um.
2: but it is a smart strategy. I mean, coal jobs are coal jobs, and natural resources jobs and service jobs, but technology jobs now are so competitive that if companies want quality people, they're going to have to pay a lot of money for them. I mean, I was reading. About, I was just reading about. Uh, I'm fascinated with the whole cryptocurrency and yeah. coin mining, which is really just you know, intensive data collection and data mining. And and there's only like 2,000 or 3,000 people in the whole world that are good at that. You know, so we have a place here in Bonner, and they're going to put one in Anaconda. But
3: I say to the people there that I talk there's to... There's another one on reserve.
2: Yeah. Where are you going to find the talent? You know, to have to, those people are making a quarter of a million dollars that can do that.
3: Mm-hmm. And that
2: and, and they can live anywhere. If they go to San Francisco, they ask for half a million dollars. Can we train? Can, can Missoula College now train the, the cadre that are needed for these companies that are moving here?
3: There is, there is that training opportunity. And again, what happens as, as this system develops, we get to figure out ways to be thoughtful and responsive. So, last week at this Innovate UM conference, the city and the university made a commitment to this innovation corridor. We made a commitment to planning together. Uh, which is a step in ensuring that um, we're we 're moving together in the right direction um, These are two institutions that aren 't often known for their agility um, but but I think we have the i think we have the kind of leadership and momentum both at the university and I hope here at the city and in the community right to to there is some urgency around doing this stuff better and right, and mm-hmm. thinking about it differently, and and talking about it. You know, we're taking down. You know, I'll, I'll quote Scott Wittenberg, who who talks about blurring the lines of the University of Montana campus, and for a long time, we've we've um, we've drawn a, a hard line at Arthur and. The Clark Fork River and mm. and successful places aren't doing that. Those lines get blurred. There can be training happening. You can have University of Montana students who are getting credit while training um, at any one of these tech companies, and everybody wins as a function sure. of that. And sure. it ha- and it can happen in healthcare. It frankly it can happen in social services. It can happen. in really across in media. the board. We, sure.
1: we always have students. So how can
2: tell. how can the city help the university? We know the university can help you know, the city in general. The city, they can train more, you know, more targeted, you know, um, create tra- more targeted training programs. Yeah. They can help, you know, blur the lines. But what can the city do to help the university?
3: I can, I, I can work with the university to plan in a way that we never have a wrestling match over a golf course again, that we can use existing infrastructure to build new stuff, bricks and mortar, and also create um, create an environment where a classroom might be downtown, it might be experiential, um, you might be able to live in the same place where you go to school, you might be able to live, work, and go to school at the same time. Um, we can start thinking about uh, everything we do programmatically, I think, differently. So we we, we, we relied a little bit on this. Uh, we had three guests from Finland, a community called Espo, um, very near Helsinki, and that community has co-located municipal folks, university folks, and private sector folks, and they are planning and working together every day and they're recognizing opportunities to again blur those lines. How do, how do we how how do we transfer tech or ideas out of the University of Montana turn them into businesses? Is that, do, is
2: that going to help, do you think, reverse the enrollment decline at I
3: think there are a lot of things that can help reverse the enrollment decline, and a piece of it is really about um, doing this, doing all of this differently, Mm -hmm. you know, respecting the institution, understanding the nature of academia, recognizing core competencies and capitalizing on those, but also looking, you know, we we have to be in a position where we – where we experiment and fail once in a while. Um, and and I think we have been collectively a little bit risk-averse. And, hell, we we got nothing to lose today, right. I think. And
2: well, I, I think that that showed itself, not to point fingers at this point because it's it's past history, but I think that showed itself a little bit when the uh, John Krakauer book came out. Yeah. right? And for his own marketing purposes, I mean, if you read the book, the book is not... It's not a diatribe against Missoula, Montana, but most people don't read the book. If you're a mother of a daughter who is looking to go to college and you Google, you know, University of Montana over the last three years, something pops up about Krakauer's book, which for our, our listeners who haven't read it, it says Missoula, you know, what is it, rape culture in a college, in a college town, essentially is what it says. And if this was in place, I think at that time, we maybe as a community could have taken... A more aggressive response to the situation because you know if you if you go back right even today in Google there's no article that says Missoula's numbers are better than most places you know this is a common phenomena the percentages and all I mean the the text of the book nobody reads they read the headline
3: right
2: you know and we could have maybe done a better job and maybe we still have time to do a better job to counteract that I,
3: I, I, communication is always critical, right? And and um, and it doesn't need to be calculated, and it doesn't need to be um, based on spin. We actually have a whole bunch of good stories to tell, and the best people to tell those stories are the folks who have elected to live here. So we just did a citizen survey, um, statistically valid. 80% of people who responded to the survey who live in the city of Missoula said, um... They they believe their quality of life is good or excellent. That's eighty percent in a place like this. Um, there are there are municipalities who would kill for 80% eighty percent fanta- is I mean eighty percent of people being generally happy with the place they live. You can, right? call it, you can call it Sweden now. Right. So we so we we start with we 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 start with a lot of advantages, and in some ways, like every other community, um, we can be our own worst enemies and hide our. Hide our light under a bushel, um, and the, the more success stories we have, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that Bozeman's got anything going on that we don't have going on. No. It's
1: just well, the university's a little different; it's oriented differently than ours yeah. is per se, right? And we talked about that when we spoke with Seth Bodner back in January, right? Right, but you know,
2: but we have a good story to tell. I mean, I don't think I don't. We think do Ann Arbor or Lansing or a lot of other. Communities that are university kind of Oxford, Ohio, or Miami, Ohio. I don't think they have a better but story to tell. I don't. Than we do. I,
1: I agree, but I think if well, look, my son goes to school at MSU, and I know a lot of people that do business in down in. Bozeman. You need to leave my office. Yeah, right, right now. now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Going to the lacrosse championships this weekend, by the way. Yeah. Um, but moreover, the the students and the business people are very aligned. Like they're feel like to the point of blurred lines. It feels that way down there. It feels like the university is just an extension of some of these businesses, and vice versa. And I think that that's important. That makes first of all, the student has greater assuredness that they're going to get a job when they graduate, and this investment leads to something. But also, it's a it's a uh, it's a, a philosophy. It feels like it's indoctrinated. You know, the, the the people feel that way. How do we do that?
3: Well, and it's and it, it is a cultural change, and and. You know, in, in some ways, I think we can, oddly enough, model this after um, after the athletic program. So ain't nobody went to a football game in Missoula, Montana when I was a kid. You went to basketball games. Mm-hmm. And the, and lady basketball games, too, right. and, lady lady Yeah. And what changed that program, what, what changed the interest in that program was the facility. So uh, not everything is about bricks and mortar, but we create we create facilities that people recognize as world-class and provide opportunity and, mm-hmm. and show respect for students and faculty. Um, you know, Seth and I have had this conversation and it's, it's what's the entrance to the university of Montana? Well, you gotta, you gotta work pretty hard to figure it out. And if you're a pr- prospective student right. and you want to enroll, you got to go through a maze at the Lamison center to figure it out. You really kind of want to have, you, you have to want to go. And um, and and we can do some of that. We can do some of that sort of low-hanging fruit stuff. But the other piece here is that, is that w- we create interesting educational opportunities that allow you to be part of the community while getting your education, rather than right. w- working as a barista and then going back to campus. And right, it. it we, yeah, that's we,
2: the, that's an old model. That's not that's not the right. twenty first century. We can
3: now. integrate, and I think we have. You know, I think I, I think we have we have leadership and enthusiasm, and the the business community, and the broader community is very interested in this. Um, and I mean, we have world class companies, and besides this, you
2: know, I mean, you have you have the all of the companies that are part of the Washington companies
0: here. Absolutely, you know,
2: there's, there's transportation companies and construction companies, and and you know. Uh, and uh, diamond, you know, the family owns a diamond mine, and there's plenty Health, of opportunities.
3: Healthcare. There are healthcare companies here. There right. are there are regional medical centers here. There are labs here. Um, we've got biotech. We've got we we have a really interesting we have a really interesting economy, and it's not based on one thing. We're out of the business of if the mill closes down, if the town closes down. Yeah, we're in trouble. But um, well, we also have a need, and we—I think—I think you
2: understand—we also have a, uh, a need with all the construction and growth and expansion for electricians and welders and all those sorts of things. Absolutely, you know, and those are you know, trade trade jobs are important.
3: I had a conversation with um, with uh, uh, trade unions last week about um, improving. Uh, apprenticeship programs, right? Getting folks trained, and and <clears throat> um, it's no secret, and it's repeated off. And not everybody's going to graduate from a four year
2: college. Well, Only thirty percent of Americans graduate from a four year
3: college. And so, and but but that doesn't mean that you can't have a life right. and, and and a good paying job and a good paying job and and a and a satisfying good paying job. So, um, are are we? Are we are, are are we exposing folks to enough opportunities? And and you know one of the suggestions I made last week is, um, how, how uh, an apprenticeship program if you don't know what it is you don't know what it is. So how do we create sort of navigators so that a kid can glom onto a navigator and that navigator can say here's here are all the opportunities available to you and I will help you right I will help you sort through this. 'Cause it's all pretty daunting. It's all there, but it's daunting. We look at single point of entry in almost everything we do, right? So why don't we look at single point of entry for education in our community? When you when you walk onto the University of Montana campus or if you walk into a kiosk at City Hall, you, you can one stop and you can understand what the opportunities are in this community to,
1: to better your life. Well, how about the, and, but then also how about just the public education system here? Absolutely. I mean, for some people that are never going to go to a four-year college, but it's really important that they meet up with the right people early on or, so that when they Or leave, somebody
2: goes and gets a degree and then finds out they want to do something else. I have a nephew right. who has a four-year degree from a good school. He decides he wants to be into real estate or construction management. He yeah. didn't learn that in college. Most colleges don't offer. He a found
1: out that that's what he. Wanted. He found but out what he to wants experience. to do, and now he's
2: trying to figure out how does he learn about that. Do you somewhere? feel,
1: Mayor, that there are still people that want to that hold on to the old days, right? Like there is a, a fear of the unknown and a fear of kind of going into uncomfortable areas. I'm talking oh, about absolutely. And, and and how do you, as kind of you're the leader, right? How do you're the, the community leader? How do you help them? say, hey, there's nothing to fear because here's where the opportunity lies.
3: Well, so for one thing, we talk about it and we try to talk about it fairly relentlessly. Um, You know, most of what we do in municipal government and I'll use the example of of subdivision. Um, I have heard countless public hearings around subdivisions and they, they almost always go the same way Neighbors are concerned about traffic, they're concerned about noise, they're concerned about neighborhood character, they're concerned about overcrowding. Um, Developer always points to need for housing, parking, parking. You, have, yeah, right. you school, it affects schools, right. you have to have level of density for this project to pencil, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, city's rules are onerous and makes it more expensive. At the end of the day, what happens is a subdivision is approved, and it's never as bad as the neighbors thought, and it's never as good as the developer promised. Um, it's changed. Right, right. And so, a lot of what we can do to to assuage fear is to to demonstrate success, right? So, um, and it, it it can be something as simple as, or as complicated, I guess, depending on the way you look at it, as Russell Street, right? So, there there had been a fear that that reconstruction of russell street will create a new reserve street that will be largely impassable so we'll create another barrier in the community and another traffic nightmare and it'll be horrible i think when we get the thing built what folks will say is wow i'm really glad you got that built and it turns out that it, well, it was horrible
2: before you did it, so. right and it turns
3: out that it accommodates more than cars and it also it also creates opportunity for redevelopment and uh, business and housing and prosperity and why don't we do a little more of that? Because that one really looks good. Yeah. Right? Let me, let me let me switch gears a little bit and follow up on what you just said.
2: With growth and expansion and just the aging of any kind of uh, infrastructure, you need money to, to build all this infrastructure. Yep. From what I understand, and I, this, this may not be, I'm just looking from the outside, the federal infrastructure monies require 80% local cash match. They're only putting up twenty percent of the money. Where do we get the money to put in all the things we need here?
3: Yeah, um, and it and it really depends, and 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 it's it's project based. the The short version is that that we have billions of dollars of need and millions of dollars of money. Right. Um. And in some cases, where we are capable of coming up with that match, so we have to be really we have to be really thoughtful about where we make the investment. Um. We have to be thoughtful about taking care of what is already on the ground. And then we have to leverage um, each one of those projects has to have more than one winner, right? right? So So Russell Street isn't just about moving cars and bikes and humans. Um, it's about creating a place where business and community activity can happen. And that grows tax base. That investment helps municipal coffers, mm-hmm. state coffers, school coffers, and provides additional opportunity for reinvestment. The most interesting thing, in my opinion, to come out of uh, the Republican tax bill is a program called the Opportunity Zone. It's um, The investment community is, is really interested in it because... Folks are starting to get dialed in. the The short version is that this is this is a tax credit program for folks who um, who who would pay uh, a significant portion of whatever their capital gain might be from some success they've had. This this tax credit shelters a lot of that capital gain. It. Yeah. This will this will be. In the state of Montana, this will this will be hundreds of millions of dollars of new money that investors, private investors, will. Make. It'll be like free money for them. Be, it like, is free yeah. money for them, yeah. and 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 so and it's safe free money. Um, so what we're going to see is is you know wherever wherever we can make some some. Uh, important investment in infrastructure, we're going to see that investment um, multiplied over and over again by private investment. Mm. Um, You look at, you know, we've we've had some minor criticism over our construction of Mary Street from Brooks to Reserve Street through Southgate Mall. That investment in that road, which connects Brooks and Reserve, which is actually a good thing, um, wasn't built entirely for the purpose of the mall, but it's going to help the mall a hell of a lot. And you've already seen significant investment in the mall. The new owner is thrilled with that road, and they're going to make well, more. Well, I think investment. of it as like
2: a, a great shortcut. It's it's, comp- it's not totally discovered yet by everyone. Right. But you come That's up Reserve on
3: Mary, you can just zip right into the mall without a stoplight. Right. So those simple investments, those simple and and relatively small investments in infrastructure that we make, right, pay huge dividends over time. It's like buying a water company and making sure that the pipes don't leak. If if you have that kind infrastructure in place you have you you get confidence from the development community that their investment is safe a community that's not reinvesting in itself is a bad bet
1: how right? do you help it's a good question actually how do you help with the optics because not every development or investment is sexy right is like attractive to you know this this citizen so how do you kind of help them understand hey this is why we're doing this. This is what the impact it'll have. You know, we
3: we if if somebody can crack that nut, Scott, I'd be grateful. Um, we haven't cracked it. We we do our best to tell the story over and over again, and it turns out it's factual. Um, but you know, there's a there's a percentage of, of folks who just are never going to trust what government does at any right. level. Right. Right. Um, the best we can do is is show that over time our investments make a difference. If you look at I trot this out all the time and it's an old it's an old story. Downtown Missoula is the way it is today because we invested about 20 million bucks over the course of uh, 25 years, something like that. In downtown Missoula, that leveraged another 200 million bucks worth of investment. Um, it's a long game, and it and there's a lot of stuff that's that we do that's not particularly sexy. Right, right, right. But um, but but uh, we're, we're we are greater than the sum of our parts. Right. And we, well, you
2: need you need that because as homegrown businesses grow, and new companies find their way here, like ClassPass, we say, "Don't tell anybody else." You know, those businesses spur all kinds of other indes- businesses right. that support them. So you need the expanded infrastructure to be able to support the, you know, the, all of those other kinds of, you know, we, we don't, we have a Lucky's Market opening, you know, this week. It wouldn't be, we have plenty of grocery stores. I'm I'm assuming they did their, right. their study and showed there was a need, a growing town to put another grocery store in town and it'll probably do well. Yeah. Everybody's doing pretty well.
3: Yeah. So I can say with 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 confidence, in year 13 of being mayor and year 53 of living in Missoula, Montana, that we're discovered. Yeah. And 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 as I suggested to folks last week, we will never control growth. We can guide it, and we can guide that through investment, and we can guide that through planning, and we can guide that by building relationships and making sure that. Um, when ClassPass comes to Missoula, they have a sense of Missoula values. Mm-hmm. And when Submittable, an existing tech company, welcomes ClassPass to the ecosystem, they have a relationship and 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 shared values and help each other. Yeah, yeah, and
2: because yeah. that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
3: Missoula's pretty good. Um, we're we're pretty good at um, at having all oars in the water. While not necessarily <laughs> rowing in time, mm-hmm. and we're getting—I think we're getting much closer to rowing in time. It won't stop us from being weird, or any we like the, being weird, right? Any of the other things that that are. Well, a
1: uh, uh, town has to have character, right? And well, we have, we have character. It definitely has character, but that's it. Begs you know, it's a good segue to your whole strategic planning, mm-hmm. right? Now that's something you put in place recently, or a couple of years ago, to really get ahead of when you start going into budgeting, there's a plan in place. Right. So that you're following a plan and it's in a plan that right. people understand, right? Hopefully. Yeah. As many people as possible. Why did you, tell us about that process of putting strategic planning in place.
3: So, we, so we've so we had a strategic plan in place for a long time and, and what we do is an annual iteration of that, right? And one of the things that I wanted to do this year that was a little bit different is, um, so, so I get, I get some. I get some scientific. I get some data points. Right, every four years that suggest we're moving in a direction. Um, actually, we get them every two years, uh, and and those happen during municipal elections. So, I I get a sense of where the community wants to go based on who they elect, and what those people stand for, what their stump speeches are about, what they do when they're in office. I get a sense of what people are interested in when I campaign for office, when I do what I do, and I either get reelected or I don't get reelected. So so I've got that data set. Um, But I wanted a statistical survey that helped me understand, apart from... Folks who self-select to come to a city council meeting, I'm glad they do. Their input is valuable. But there are a whole lot of folks who aren't going to come to a city council meeting right. or pick up the phone to tell the mayor what the hell they think is going on. And they still have opinions. <laughs> right. So so, so we dialed thousands and thousands of folks. We ended up talking with more than 600. We ended up with a survey sample of 600. And those folks told us, uh, i told you about the quality of life piece but we wanted to know a little bit more tell me tell me what are the pressing issues for you today right and not surprisingly property taxes housing and uh, streets
2: right. which is interesting because it, it, what it wasn't mentioned is like things that a lot of other cities deal with
1: like crime right crime does not actually, come actually crime police and fire got high marks they
3: got high marks, marks which right. which and 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 credit I, to you. Well, it's a it's a credit to us as a community. Right. Um, and it's and it and it speaks to it speaks to the fact that we you know, we we look at the fundamentals, but we don't stop at the fundamentals. And that's I think that's the secret to all of this is you move beyond what you're expected to do well and and try to make sure that you're doing well in select areas where you can really move a community forward.
2: Let me, let, me, let me switch gears just a second here. We just threw out the issue of schools. You know, Missoula has a, a growing school-age population. We're living in a time where school shootings are happening in lots of communities. We've had some false alarms here and some threats here. What's, what do you think we ought to be doing, and are we doing it, in, in order to make sure the schools are safe in Missoula?
3: Well, so, so we have, we have a Missoula police officer who works directly with the school system, uh, with Missoula County public schools to work on safety all day. Um, we have officers in the schools. They're called community resource officers, school resource officers. Um, and those officers are, are there to provide support and safety. Yes. Yep. Um, and uh and we're diligent in this community and every community across the united states you walk this fine line between creating an atmosphere of security and fear or security and openness Um, and it's a fine line and yeah, so when I was I, a kid,
2: they made us go under our desk to protect ourselves from atomic bomb attacks. Exactly. Uh-huh. Duck and cover, baby. <laughs> yeah, duck and cover. Duck and
1: cover. You know, let's, oh. let's, do, let's do a quick housekeeping. Let's take a quick break. Our guest is Mayor John Angen. We're in his lovely offices here on Ryman and Spruce. Back after this. Arnie, that was part one with Mayor Angen. You know, we covered a
2: lot of interesting topics and you know one that's close to both of our hearts is you know the last you know part of uh, our first segment talking about schools and school violence and how do you prepare and you know whether you have guns in school we do have. I think most people would be surprised right a town that a lot of people like to characterize as liberal or you know weeds and seeds or whatever that we have armed, Officers in our schools,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, and um, you know, fortunately, Knockwood. Uh, you know, we haven't had any uh, any major incident that you know that we know about, but but we have to be ever vigilant, and we have to continue to work and train our police and students and parents. We had we had the school safety officer on an earlier show, sure, talking about the ongoing effort to try to make sure that uh, you know schools aren't you know, aren't armed prisons. You don't want to put your kid in that kind of a learning environment, and you don't want it to feel um, threatened at any given point or feel uncomfortable. I mean, they're supposed to are there to learn. They're not there to be warehoused. Right. And I think the mayor, you know, is bringing up a good point that it's, it's an important responsibility of the mayor and the superintendent of schools, Mark Thane, to to work jointly and together and hopefully in the future more closely together.
1: And, and work with the state, too. And work
2: with the state to to make sure that we have... done everything that's humanly possible to make school a a good learning experience for our kids
1: i agree with you and arnie let's tune everyone you should tune in next week where we pick up the conversation with mayor and where we start to talk a lot more about what the future looks like for missoula that's what i'm concerned about i am too and we will see you next week arnie take care scott thank you for listening to what do you know i can't wait for the next show scott I'm excited, too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,